Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, probably after 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and Xbox has announced that they've done some unique new stuff with backwards compatible games, including doubling, if not quadrupling, the frame rate. And I know a lot of people are wondering about this. Hopefully, they've released some more data, but I've been informed they're not actually going to talk about it a ton other than basically just saying this is a thing and this is how it will happen. What I want to do is talk a little bit about improving frame rates in games, the various different ways you can do it, and the idea around why this is different than just a CPU or GPU upgrade. I would love for you to review this podcast on iTunes and Spotify. As always, share it. Let's begin. And as always, I don't have any sponsors, but you can feel free to use the Amazon affiliates, which will be in the description. It always helps the channel or my epic creator code, which I think is like ACG dash Carrick or something. I'm not very good at selling myself, as you can tell. Let's begin. So we've got a couple games that have been announced as this FPS boost. Now, what does this mean? Ignoring the crappy name for a second, I've had a chance to actually play some of these for the past week and a half and experience the frame rate boosts and exactly how they occur. Now, there aren't a ton of games that are doing this. This is a little bit of a trial set and a little bit of an idea that Microsoft has been going with and how they're rolling it out. One of the problems is there's various different ways in which you can improve the frame rate in prior games. The biggest and most notorious one is, of course, a CPU slash GPU improvement or upgrade. This is something that we even saw in the Xbox S, of all things, where it got a couple frames difference because it had a better CPU and uh, it sort of it was a little bit faster than the original Xbox. So when you look at this kind of thing, what does it mean? Well, CPU and a GPU upgrade would simply mean that there's more resources and more headroom. However, there's a problem. A lot of different games, and this is an issue that emulators across the world deal with, as well as just improvements to games that are on other systems. We've seen this on backwards compatible as well. But what you do is you have the physics tied to the direct frame rate. Now, a lot of people, you'll hear people being like, we'll just switch it. Anybody who doesn't understand programming, that makes a lot of sense. Just, uh, you know, take the governor off of your speeding car so you can go from 180. 80 to 200. It makes sense, right? Other than being completely dangerous in cars, it also breaks games. But how would that do that? Well, let's say that you have a game that is locked to 30 FPS, meaning that you're taking in data that is actually synced to that frame rate via your controller, and you are drawing out frames 30 FPS. You've probably decided on your latency and all of the other things going on in the game. Now, a lot of people will end up updating, or a lot of older games would end up updating their physics engines as well in 30 FPS. This is one of the reasons why I believe it's above 60. Skyrim used to lose its mind because you would have some physics tied in and some weird stuff that would go on when you cranked up that FPS. That's because there's more calculations that are actually going on than are actually drawn in the frame. In a weird way, you can sort of think about it like a guesstimation. You're looking at something and you're like, this bread that I'm throwing at your head will be halfway across the room at this frame. But if I draw four extra frames and I'm still trying to pretend that bread is there, the math can get confused, especially if you're looking at 30 FPS games that are locked when they physically lock that to their physics engine and to their frame rate. So this is a kind of a normal thing that we see when you improve your CPU and GPU. This is also why you'll see companies state and make it a big deal. Hey man, we've worked on it and we've got this game close to 60. Now, the reason why you won't hear locked to 60 is because a lot of times the jump between CPU and GPU is not enough to get you locked at 60, which is decidedly different than up to 60. Shit, if you look 
at the ground, you can be up to 60 in some of the most demanding games that are out there right now. It's not the same thing as locked to 60, meaning no matter where you go or where you look, it is always 60 FPS. But I think we all pretty much understand that. Let's move to some other ways where games can be different. So back when enhanced versions versus just backwards compatibility authorized versions of games came out, one of the things that was brought up is the Hachi or Hochi method. This is named after the person who patented it and a developer that works at Microsoft. This did not aim to redesign those existing graphics in older games. What it actually did was something that we've seen before or at least a close comparison dynamic links and windows, or virtual file structures in mods. If you don't know what those are, in the old days, you would install a mod and you'd have to write right over the top of your old files. That meant if you had one single mistake, everything turned purple in Skyrim. We all remember those days. And then along comes Mod Organizer. Now, Mod Organizer was one of the first mods that was like, hey, yo, man, what if we just create shortcuts and we rewrite where something is, but we put them in a different file location. That way, if something does go wrong, you can hit a button and revert back to your original file structure. You have a dynamic link in Windows, which allows for you and people who have been doing this for years to basically move a game around to faster or slower media, but the system itself has no absolute clue it has. It'll go to that file, it'll see these dynamic links, and they jump instantly to another file on a different drive. These are completely normal things. What this method did for 360 games on the Xbox One and original Xbox games, this is highly intelligent, by the way, but it's also why developers were needed. It would take the game and it would take the actual contents within the game and it would put it in a file structure that was dynamically linked. And then they fooled the game engine into thinking it was using, well, the worst assets. Now, you might be thinking worse, what does that mean? Well, if you look at mipmaps, mipmaps is one of the ways that let's say you would draw the texture on a wall or a sign or the side of a barrel in Red Dead. Now, if you're far away, it's using a very low resolution mipmap. And as you move closer, those mipmaps will shade together, will blend together until you get your highest definition. This is the same thing that you'll see with different polygon levels for different characters that are far away or their facial textures, these kind of things we see a lot of times. It's the way to blend those various different details in. And in fact, we see it occur poorly in a lot of games where you see that little bit of what we call texture pop, that kind of stuff. Now, not necessarily pop in. This is more talking about the textures itself. So what is this system and this method do to improve those games? Well, what the Hauchi method did was it basically told the Xbox that it was still running the crappy far away mipmap, but it wasn't. It was actually rewriting that structure to take the new mipmap and write that because it had a higher texture budget in that graphics engine just simply due to being on the newer systems. This is very intelligent. It had a higher throughput and it works quite well. This was patented and was in no way, shape or form something that was brand new in totality. There were other companies, other groups, other people, emulators that had done these kind of things. It was that as a console maker and putting this together for consoles and how it read the data and how it put the data in in these packages, that's sort of what ended up occurring. This is also another reason why sometimes you would see a game get a weird patch and its size was odd, maybe questionable for a lot of people. One of the reasons why is because they were in, you know, duplicating that data or putting extra versions of that data in different places. All kinds of weirdness could occur with that, but that's a very good method. Like I said, patented for them.
So when you look at that, is that what's going on here? Is it some kind of situation like that? No, it's not because this is FPS, meaning you're drawing more frames per second. So you're trying to ignore the physics problem and you're not necessarily adjusting the in-game textures or anything like that. So what do you do? Now, there's a couple ways. I've already talked about the clock upgrade. There's another way they could possibly be doing it. And again, we don't know and probably will never know 100% how they're doing this. They've been pretty cagey. They talked about being able to do it in the past and even their announcement they gave me wasn't super detailed. Now, I know a couple people are doing interviews with various different PR people that work for Xbox, but I have a feeling we're going to get a lot of, eh, this is that. And the reason why is because you want to sort of keep your ideas uh, on the side. You don't want to tell everybody. So how would you go about this? If you follow along with the way they did this prior, there are ways to fool a graphics engine, but they don't make a lot of sense to me. And you'd have to probably ask somebody like John Carmack how this is done. Now, this is not interpolation. I wanna make sure people understand. This is not interpolating. That means taking a frame, uh, you know, your 30 frames per second and drawing a frame in between them by using motion vectors or using some kind of situation or calculation that figures out, hey, this pixel moved from this spot to this spot. So we're gonna draw it in this spot. That's not what's going on. This is a true throughput of extra frames per second. Now, could you go in and could you possibly inject somehow into the game the ability for it to draw two frames and only think it's drawn one? And that's actually what I'm sort of going with here because I've tried to break it down. I've talked to a couple tech people and hey, who knows? Somebody might come up with the exact reasoning and way in which this works. I personally think it's a little bit ridiculous, but when you look at the way they did this prior method and injecting I was wondering, are they looking at this kind of graphics engine and saying, okay, here's what we're gonna do. It's gonna draw a frame, but somehow, because we have this extra data on these, again, backwards compatible games, somehow on particular games, we have the ability to basically tell it very quickly, not that it drew that frame, but that it needs to draw another frame. And because it is sped up, something is going on there and it's actually able to draw that other frame, which could fix your, uh, your polling issues. It could fix your physics issues, but it's just weird. It's a weird way in which they're doing it. And they're making sure, even though it's called FPS Boost, which is a terrible name or Boost FPS, I can't remember which, what they are doing is something that's a bit different than that CPU GPU improvement, though they do state the CPU and GPU improvement are absolutely one of the ways they're able to do this. But this is also that older method for getting backwards compatibility. That was the same way there. Now we're seeing also some insane improvements to FPS. Uh, Lucky Tail is at 120 FPS. That's ridiculous. And we started to see some of the different ideas that Microsoft was doing, especially if you look at Gears of War 5. Now, Gears of War 5 already use variable shaders. That's another thing. Is it like, is it using something within the graphics card and it's going back and saying the differences are here and here. And so they are using some kind of interpolation that's using variable shaders and the data that you get with variable shading so that people understand what variable shaders are. When you look at a game and there's, let's say, depth of field in a location, well, that's already a low-resolution texture, sorry, low-resolution part of the game, but most games still draw at high resolution and then put depth of field over it. That's why you get a huge FPS drop. What happens with variable shading is prior to the depth of field processing actually being applied, it lowers the resolution because, hey, there's no reason not to. And you can get 10 to a 20% improvement on your FPS slash fill rate, that kind of stuff. We've seen that with Gears of War 5. And there's some unreal footage that was showed about Gears of War 5. And they were showing how the variable uh, shader was working and what it was looking at. And the fact that 
the honest truth is people just can't tell. And I think that that's what we're looking at, especially with Microsoft, is identifying ways in which people can't tell, but you're getting improvements and how you're necessarily doing them. This is something that, again, is different than the other console makers. Now, I want to make sure it's clear. Does this stop Nintendo or Sony from figuring out a way to do this themselves? No, absolutely not. Even if they patented this, there's usually three or four ways to do something. And there probably is another way to do whatever Microsoft is doing. Maybe it's less efficient. You know, they are a company that's been working on backwards compatibility for a long time. And this does not sound like it's a new kind of situation. It sounds like it's something they've been working on for a while to try to get to work perfectly. Additionally, one of the things that they make clear is this improvement does not require developer hands-on at all. They did go and talk to developers and show them what they were doing. But from what they're saying, it does not require developers at all. And so then you have to look at it and be like, okay, what exactly is it doing? My personal assumption is it's actually in some way rendering something and then fooling the system into either thinking it's not or somehow creating a buffer out of that. Again, we just don't know. And I don't think anybody will know. You might have people guessing at it. I'm sure we'll see videos from various tech channels, but unless they state exactly how they're doing it, hell, a lot of people didn't even realize that the Xbox original and Xbox 360 backwards compatible uh, layers that are in the Xbox One and uh, all the systems after that actually think they're hardware systems. They are so encoded that they do not know that they are not a piece of hardware and that they're actually software inside. Where a lot of emulators will go and grab other things, those are so actually, so completely, uh, I would say, isolated that in fact, that's one of the reasons why the Kinect was not forward compatible. Another thing I want to make clear is as I played these, I got to play Far Cry 4, some UFC, and a couple other games. As I got to play those, the one that I really felt was probably the biggest, of course, Super Lucky Tale with a huge FPS difference, but Far Cry, especially when you're playing a shooter, that was a huge difference to play that and have it, uh, you know, a, a very highly increased FPS that was going on in that game. And looking at it and trying to figure out exactly how they do it, and one of the things, again, that they've stated is it really isn't going out to change the way the game played or anything like that. Well, I think a lot of us would say an increased FPS would probably do that, but you get my drift. They're trying to make sure that people keep their expectations in check. But the reason why I'm doing this podcast, for instance, and talking to you about this is because it's highly exciting to me whenever we look at new tech. And I know people get mad and they're like, oh, you know, there's no games, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? You know, I've been playing Gears 5, Gears Tactics, Forza Horizons, all these kind of games. Every system has its positives and negatives. And Ignoring the stupid game console warrior shit for a second, everything from variable shading to ray tracing, those things and this now, as well as these different methods, these are ways in which improvements can be made where a gamer, unless they're looking at some tech channel who's blowing it up and drawing out the discussion, can really see improved fidelity and improved frame rate that, let's say, doesn't fall the way of interpolation on a on a TV, which is notoriously fairly terrible. When you look at these kind of situations, the reason why I get excited is because I've always been the kind of person that loves efficiencies and tricks and figuring something out and doing something that's just absolutely mind-boggling. And maybe that's because I grew up in the Sega Genesis and SNES days where the horsepower just, it was talked about, but they were really close and it was actually down to the programmers and crazy shit that the different programmers could figure out how to do from mode seven to whatever that turbo blast speed was that Sonic tried to tell. Oh, blast processing. That's what it was. 
you know, we've come to a point, and I don't know, you know, I've talked about this. It could be the various tech channels we see and all that stuff, where currently it's like people will be like, oh, man, it drops two FPS. It's completely unplayable. It's one of the reasons why when I'm talking about games, I tell you, you know, this is the FPS, but then I do fun factor because a game that drops two or three frames, is it absolutely unacceptable and not playable? Probably not, unless it's running at 12 originally and goes down to 10. Well, technically even higher than that. But you look at these... And it's pretty interesting to me. It's pretty impressive. We're seeing huge drops in latency for controllers for the Xbox as well. Massive drops that were also discussed in uh, Gears of War 5 coverage, I believe. We're looking at all of these improvements to gaming, and it's not stopping there. It doesn't have to stop on the console. We're now starting to see, you know, companies look at DLSS. You know, DLSS, when you look at it, is taking something lower and making it higher, right? That's the way it does it. And it does it in a different way than, say, checkerboard rendering does. But when you look at checkerboard rendering, depending on the game, by the way, sometimes it's just incredible. And I get it that somebody might say, oh, it's not perfectly 4K. Absolutely. I know where you're coming from. But when you start to play the game, I mean, at some point, eh, it's probably not that bothersome to me. This is also one of the reasons why somebody will play a game for days and days and love it, and then somebody will post a picture of some character clipping or something in the background, and they'll be like, oh my god, it's unplayable. All my time that I played, it was ruined. To me, I am far more into the efficiencies and the newness and the weirdness of it all, and I love this. I love Dynamic Links when they came out for mods. I thought that was one of the greatest ideas. Game managers do it now as well, where Steam... I think allows you to even, well, maybe that just allows you to move them. But I know with Game Manager, it's a it's a program on Windows. You can just move them. You can use dynamic links on Windows. I love these ideas, these tricks to be like, hey man, I don't want to move this game. It doesn't really need to be on an SSD. So I'm going to trick it because I originally stalled it on the SSD, but we're going to you know have it pop off to the hard drive. But even more importantly, are those games that you, let's say archive on the hard drive and then use a dynamic link to get it to basically onto the S onto an SSD. And that's one of the things that when you look at quick resume and you look at all these things, really excited. Quick resume will help other games over time. And you guys got to remember the reason why I'm excited about this is because I didn't think quick resume was going to be that cool. And it actually turned out to be very cool. So I'm really excited for these improvements. Anyway, I hope you like this kind of podcast. I was going to do a video, but I didn't have time. And also I found Microsoft's not necessarily their secrecy, but I found their lack of wanting to talk about it a little bit bothersome to me because I wanted to show some things and discuss some things, you know, a little bit how it's done and they didn't want to do so. And that's their prerogative. It's my Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. I mean, cell phone public or creators do this, right? When they create a new, I mean, Apple does this when they create a new uh, GPU for their system or CPU. There's some things that they're just, they're company secrets, right? They're not going to tell everybody. And I get it, but I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about the exact uh, ways in which this is done. And I, you know, I wasn't able to, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast and, um, and, and just put this out there for people. I hope you liked it. If you did give it a thumbs up, if you didn't give it a thumbs down, again, I would love for you to review the podcast. It absolutely helps. Peace out. Enjoy the rest of your week. We're looking at Wednesday. You guys will see the, uh, let's see, Defining Duke Xbox podcast. I think that goes live all the way on Sunday for non-patrons. It's a long wait. But then you'll see our podcast on Friday. You should have seen my Persona review. Check it out. Persona as a Dynasty Warrior style game. That's a weird one. And then you have the Friday podcast, the international podcast. There's a lot of news coming up in the next couple days as well. Some delays. Uh, 
that uh, have been announced, actually, and some have been hinted at. We're going to see if some of those get announced, but also we have the Nintendo Direct to talk about. Anyway, peace out. Enjoy the rest of your week.